I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another edition of Behind the Gorilla, and we have an incredibly special treat for you, and we're, we're debating whether or not this is the last episode we do, because there's nowhere <laughs> to go but down, because we have our patron saint, David Arquette, on the show here, um, and it is... It, it was so much fun. He was absolutely outstanding interview, such a great guy, so easy to talk to, and it, it was... It, it, it's awesome. I, I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Yeah, it's probably the most excited I've ever been about an episode. And I know I say that about every other episode. <laughs> you but do. Genuinely, I was a little I was a little anxious about this one just because you're the one who has all the interview experience. And I mean, like, it's David Arquette. It's not a you know, it's not nobody coming no, on like, the like, show. I was thinking about this like, kind of in the days leading up because we've known about it for about a week now when um we got in contact with him. But right. Like, I was really trying to think. I was like, is there a single other person I would rather have on the show in any capacity? And there's yeah. not. Like, I don't care. Undertaker, Stone Cold. I would rather have David Arquette than any of these other wrestlers. Like, for real. Yeah. Because well, he, he is really the show. Is. And we talk about this some, but he really encapsulates the spirit of the show. Perfectly. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, so that will be that will be our show. Um, it'll be interview with the one and only David Arquette and we talk about we talk about just about everything he's done in wrestling from WCW run to his current wrestling um we actually didn't get get in touch with the death match a whole lot although he does mention it kind of at the beginning but um I, I mean you guys all know a lot about that he's already talked a lot about that um and we we get some information that we did not know such as he toured around as the WCW champion for about two weeks and to all the house shows, like not just like on Nitro or Thunder or whatever. Like he was on, he was at all the house shows making appearances in the matches and, you know, with DDP and, and Jeff Jarrett. So there's a hilarious story about that in Memphis that he'll, he'll tell. And also another crazy story about the kind of the first time he met Scott Kahn, his co-star in Ready to Rumble and a, um, a gun being pointed at one of them has to do with it as well. So there's a couple of new, new tidbits in there as well for you guys. So it, it's going to be, it's going to be a great time. Um, so I guess, I guess, first of all, is there anything we haven't really been watching a whole lot recently? Cause it's kind of, again, as you guys know, it's kind of been a dead, dead time a little bit for WWE. Although the rumble is coming up pretty soon. Yeah. But, two um, weeks from today as we record this. Yeah. So you'll have two Monday night raws. If you listen to this, the day this comes out and it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm always excited for the rumble. Always. Right. It's always fun. This is, yeah, this is what I was telling my friend who I took to that NXT house show at Atlanta a few weeks ago. Like this is the best time to be a wrestling fan. It is. Stuff is about to genuinely happen. And we have such a clear endpoint in WrestleMania, you know, a little around three months from now that we're all building towards. And it's, it's going to be fun. I'm having trouble shaking myself out of this sort of holiday malaise oh yeah because you just kind of the tlc matches were pretty good but you just kind of knew storytelling wise they weren't putting their best efforts into it and we're all kind of struggling to shake things off now and get back into it 
Yeah, definitely. Um, and I know NXT UK just happened. I have not gotten a chance to finish it. I've watched the first half, but I haven't gotten to finish it yet. And Harris hasn't gotten a chance to watch it either. So we're definitely still excited about about that. Um, so unfortunately, we can't really talk about it right now. Um, it's fine. You, you guys didn't tune in to hear us no, talk about no. this anyway. So you know what? We're, we're going to stop just wasting your time with listening to us. You can listen to all our other episodes for that. Um so without further ado, we are going to now send it to the one and the only, our patron saint, Mr. David Arquette. Ladies and gentlemen, the day we thought would never come has indeed now arrived. Today we have with us a man that needs no introduction, but most definitely does deserve one. This man has reached the pinnacle of success in multiple industries, including the greatest prize of them all, WCW Champion. This man has entertained millions of people on both the big screen and the small screen, and even now provides a lot of entertainment for hundreds of people every week inside of the squared circle. Today we are graced by the man that represents everything our show is, a man that embodies the crazy history and love of professional wrestling, our patron saint, David Arquette. How are you doing, sir? Wow. I've never gotten an introduction like that, but I think we should manage people's expectations. <laughs> it's a really high bar, and uh, I'm not sure I'm worthy of it. Oh, man. Well, on our show, you are, and we get to make the rules here. So, Oh, good, good. I like that. <laughs> well, uh, well, kind of to start off, I just want to kind of sum up our podcast here, and what what we do here is we like to kind of delve into the crazy and ridiculous kind of history of professional wrestling. That's what we like to focus on. Oh, yeah. So um, kind of the first question we want to ask you is, what do you consider to be kind of the craziest, most ridiculous thing in wrestling history that you've seen? Well, getting stabbed in the neck with a light tube was pretty <laughs> <laughs> insane. I mean, that'll, that'll rank up there. But, you know, it's just little things. I mean, the wrestling business is just crazy. It's so crazy. I mean, people are just really kind of nuts. Um, it's, it's really funny. I mean, it's also like there's a backstabbing, bullying quality that's really weird to figure out. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gone two times. I've, I've been asked to appear on a show, and my hotel wasn't, that, like, my room wasn't. <laughs> Reserves. <laughs> I had to like walk away in shame. Um, find a like a cheaper hotel somewhere. Oh. Pay for it myself. That's that's fun. But you know, I'm a. I, I would hate to think if I I couldn't afford it and couldn't deal with the situation. Like mm-hmm. you know, wrestlers that really are doing the grind. But um, uh, what's the craziest thing? Hmm. I don't know. Seeing uh, Canyon go off the second tier of the three cage match, being thrown <laughs> off by <laughs> I think it was Mike Awesome or something, was pretty insane. That was a, a trip. Um, uh, <laughs> there's a little known story that I haven't really told because it kind of breaks a little of the kayfabe business, but. Uh, <laughs> where else but here than to do that. <laughs> Very um, true. So I went, I went, while I had the belt, I, one of the stops was in Memphis, Tennessee. 
as you know, with Jerry Lawler and, mm -hmm. and you know, uh, Jeff Jarrett and the whole Memphis sort of scene, they take the wrestling very serious down there. Oh, yeah. And the wrestling world. And they, uh, they were like, we don't want you on the show tonight. And I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> They're like, no, we're like literally afraid that people are going to like riot. <laughs> yes. That's amazing. <laughs> We've no, talked about like, that What more do you want that's awesome. out of a wrestling show? <laughs> like, that's but, perfect. Yeah. So they're like, so you don't have to come to rehearse today, or they don't call it rehearse, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm totally breaking rules here, but um, <laughs> you don't have to show up at, at you know, yeah. the time everyone else has to. Uh, you know, Jeff and DDP will be fighting on a ladder. You'll come out with a bell, hand DDP a, a guitar, he'll hit. Jeff with it, he'll fall off the ladder, go through the stage. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, so I don't amazing. have to show up on the time that everyone else is like, no. So I had a free day in Memphis, so I'm like, Graceland. I go to Graceland, <laughs> <laughs> check out Elvis's house, walk around, look at his crazy clothes, see where, you know, I, I think either he or his wife was buried. I mean, mm -hmm. his mom was, mom was buried or something. I don't know. I check out Memphis. <laughs> then I show up right before the show, and they're like, okay, just walk out here, go to your right, DDP's on the ladder, hand him this guitar, he's going to hit Jeff Jarrett, or hand him the belt, he's going to hit Jeff Jarrett with it, and you're going to, and then they're going to fall from the, you know, ladder through the stage. I got it. <laughs> Come out, boo, boo, uh -oh, we, hate, we hate you. I turn to the right to go toward the ladder, and it fall through the stage. <laughs> I go directly through it, and I'm looking up, and they both look down at me like, you moron. <laughs> you total moron. And so I had to roll out of the way. <laughs> well, you didn't get to practice it. No, I didn't get to practice it. Um, uh, that's, that's typical, something like that. If there's like a, uh, you know, something goofy going to happen, I'll be involved. Oh, yeah, you, you don't want to fall to the stage again. <laughs> you don't. And then I asked the fan afterwards, I said, did you see me at the show? She said, yeah, I saw you. I said, well, what did you think? I thought that moron just fell through the stage. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, you pretty much nailed that one. Oh, man, that is, oh, that's awesome. So, uh, so was this while you were, like, champion? Yeah. So were you doing house shows? Yeah, we did a bunch of, uh, I, t I got to tour. That's pretty much the main reason I wanted to do it was mm -hmm. I got to tour with the guys for like two weeks, go to all these different cities like Boston. Okay. Uh, all, all kinds of different towns. Okay. I didn't uh, realize that you that you were doing that the loop like with them during this time. Yeah, I got to ride on a plane with Hulk Hogan and drink, drink in a bar with... Ric Flair. I mean, it was sort of a dream come true. That's why when they presented it to me, I was like, oh, I get to tour with you guys? And, wow, that sounds like an amazing opportunity. I was like, I'll be the first Mark to ever be a uh, champion. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody said, look around, we're all Marks. <laughs> and oh, I said, amazing. no, well, I'm like the first fan that's a champion. And they're like, ah. Uh, 
Well, that's one so, of the things. Like, like my dad, my dad was huge. Uh, we're both from Atlanta, and my dad's right. a huge WCW person. Like, he watched it all the way through the end. Didn't watch WWE. Was WCW all the way? And I asked him about about your title run, and and he was saying that one of the things is you're kind of just caught up in it when it's happening, so you don't kind of think of it in any other context. And he also thought, he looked at it as, if I got to do this, you're right, I would have done this whole thing. Like So he looked at yeah. it as how awesome it was to see someone who was a fan kind of get to do that. That's, a, that's, that's nice to hear. Yeah, it sort of was definitely the... You know, a fan like looking up and saying, "Wow, it'd be amazing to be up there, be a part of this." And you know, just to hear Hulk Hogan tell stories of Andre the Giant and whatever was amazing. Sting to pop his head through the two, like like between the seats of an airplane, and say, "What are you reading?" (laughs) 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 Just the airplane magazine. I was so nervous around everybody. I still I get nervous just in general. So Mm -hmm. that's part of this whole process too is kind of gaining confidence and you know uh just i don't know just facing some demons mm-hmm. so it sounds like the wrestlers were a lot more receptive to you than a lot of the fan base were i mean would you say that's accurate or the, was there anybody who felt like oh this guy he doesn't need to be here like this is our our time you know our spot was there any mm-hmm. resentment there or was it mostly like they were just happy to hang out a lot of the small, like the guys, I guess you could see as I was taking their spot or something. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like the the guys who were making the show anyway, who were just kind of traveling around, which is such a hard deal with a, a yeah. lot of these guys that they they don't, you know, or if they do, they're just jobbers or it's in a squash match or something. So. I get it, because these guys have trained their whole life and dedicated their whole life and traveled in cars, you know, travel, not see their family and all this stuff. So some actor come in, and there's also that. I mean, people just hate people from Hollywood. Mm -hmm. So they were, but I've also noticed that a lot of the legends, like the real, you know, top guys, they they have a different attitude toward it all. They... uh, they really kind of, just in general, they're pretty great guys, and, and uh, you know, there's a few bad seeds, but for the most part, they're they're really sort of cool. Mm-hmm. And so, so going back kind of that, that 2000s era, um, like how much did you originally think you were going to be involved in when they first kind of asked you to come, like, on the show? Uh, when I first came, Came, I was just supposed to be a, a, like just sort of involved in like little stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I jumped into the ring to like break something up because I was so mad about <laughs> you know Jeff Jarrett like attacking my buddy, mm-hmm. you know, his page or something, or double crossing him. So I think it was more on that, but it got a really big pop when I first did it. Yeah, it did. And they uh, they were like freaked out and and. Um, and then I was in, and, and then I don't know exactly. I think, well, I talked to um, Russo about it, Vince Russo, and he um, he sort of explained it. You know, I was the, I heard you guys talk about Ready to Rumble and, and, and some of that, so uh, I'm glad you enjoyed the film. Oh, there, yeah. Harris. I'm, I'm glad you loved it. It was really nice. <laughs> nice to you. It was really very cool. No, but uh, I, I, when I 
did it, I, I was like, um, I was a fan, you know, so I'm meeting Ray Mysterio and, and Booker T and all these guys and Diamond Dallas Page and getting an actor opposite him and, and Macho Man. I mean, he was one of my heroes when I was growing up, so I was a real fan. So I was walking around backstage with a little uh, replica of the belt, like a kid's <laughs> version. <laughs> and I was getting, like, Shane Helms, who did all my stunts on Ready to Rumble, like him to sign it, and he signed Shane Helms three count. <laughs> and, like, and all these guys to sign my belt, Kidman and all these guys that I'd, I'd just done a movie with them, too. So we'd hung out for about a, you know, a little less than a month or a little more than a month on certain days when they were filming. So uh, I had gotten to know them a bit. So I was walking around just getting everyone's autograph. I didn't know when I'd see him again and this and that. And Vince Russo saw that, and he was like, wow, this guy's really a fan. So, uh, you know, then I think that was part of the germ of the idea of how cool it would be or good storyline and get attention and all that stuff to have me involved more. Yeah, and um, one of the things that I have, I have to ask about this title run, because one of my favorite parts is the, the Nitro after you had won the title. They, they did these little uh, segments from the set of 3,000 Miles to Graceland yeah. with you and Courtney Cox, and then Kurt Russell yeah. makes an appearance on Nitro. How in the world did that happen? I got that. I, I had that happen <laughs> because, uh, because I was contractually obligated to be a part of this film, um, to 3,000 Miles of Graceland, we were all playing these these Elvis impersonators who rob a casino. Mm-hmm. So I'd worked with Kurt already and gotten to know him, and Courtney was my ex-wife and my wife at the time. Mm-hmm. So I was like, um, hey, uh, why don't you guys send a film crew up to Vancouver or we'll just rent a local film crew? And So I had essentially got to like uh, direct that promo. <laughs> There was no other person except this film crew who wasn't even a wrestling film crew. So it was kind of fun to be able to do that. And Kurt, he's amazing talent, incredible guy. And, you know, he gets humor and and he's really funny and and he's dry. He's got this dry wit. So I thought it'd be funny if, you know, sort of self-deprecating and, you know, I'm full of myself and he's laughing at me for for being a, you know, that, that he couldn't even believe I'm the champion, sort of putting into, <laughs> you know, his mouth what fans were thinking. Oh, I loved it. And then and then just finishing it with you going after him with the steel chair is just the perfect yeah. time. That was, that was my idea. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is, that is amazing. But, um, so go ahead, Harris. Oh, I was just going to say, so once you got the title, I mean, you, you turned heel almost immediately. How much of that was your own input? And then what, what was that like for you? Like, as an actor coming in, obviously, it's, a, it's kind of a different skill set, you know, yeah. acting for movies and television versus cutting a promo in the wrestling ring. But how much, I don't want to say creative control, but how much, like, influence on your own character did you have at that point? I didn't have a ton. I mean... The one real shoot I did when I was there was uh, I said, I don't deserve to be champion. Booker T deserves to be champion. Chris Canyon deserves to be champion. And these guys backstage deserve to be champion. 
before me, that was sort of my, my one thing, like off script. I mean, they'd pretty much give me sort of what to say. They, like, had me say, shut up, because it was a big commercial <laughs> at the time, like the WhatsApp commercial. <laughs> and I was like, uh, they're like, bigger, bigger. Like, even in my first match, one of my first matches, they had me do the Scotty Too Hottie, like, move, because they're like, what can you do? And I was like, well, I used to be a breakdancer, and they're like, can you do the worm? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I can do the worm. I do a mean worm. And they're like, uh, all right. And then you go, like, you go, your hands this way and your hands this way. And then you drop an elbow. I was like, yeah, I can do that. <clears throat> but I'd watched WCW mainly at that point in time. And I wasn't too much into WCW. I mean, WWE. So when I did it, I wasn't uh, prepared for the call and response. So I was like, they're like going whoosh, and I'm like, what the, what are they doing? Whoosh. <laughs> <laughs> and I dropped the elbow, and I'm like, you know. So there's little things like that that happened all along where they just kind of assumed that, that I knew, or, you know, they talk a completely carny language. So they're saying, right. you know, we'll come in and we'll schmoz you here, and blah, 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 and, blah, 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 and take the heat. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> <laughs> this is like my entire experience. They're like, you know, they'll also like hand you the like two pages of dialogue. They're like, here you go. We're shooting in two minutes. Oh, like, man. Well, what do you want me to say? And also, there's a element. Like, some people who aren't familiar with wrestling will watch it and say, like, oh, they're, they're acting so big or they're overreacting about certain things or, you know, the part of that is, you know, this camera's close, but you're in an arena with, you know, 5,000, 8,000 people. And, you know, you want the people in the back to be able to see it, too, or right. react. And you don't always have, a like, a projected television screen. So a lot of the stuff that you're doing is bigger. And then also I've noticed in wrestling that I'll do something where, I have to be upset and stomp across the ring or something. And I'm doing it like the biggest I've ever acted, and I'm stomping across the ring like a baby, and I look back, and you can barely see my reaction. Cause <laughs> I'm used to cameras, and, like, I'm used to, I mean, I'm hardly a subtle actor, but, uh, <laughs> you know, finding subtlety in performance or, like, you know, internalizing stuff and, you know, having stuff play behind my eyes rather than, you know, say it or, or you know, indicate it or what all this acting bullshit. But uh, so it's been a big learning curve, like how to cut a promo, how to uh, act in the ring, how to slow down time. There's a great saying that a really uh, amazing ref told me recently. He said, uh, listen, when you feel like you're going too slow, slow down. <laughs> and that like sums up like how you have to you know work in a ring because it really does like everything in your head goes so much faster and all your movements go much so much faster and like a lot of stuff is like you want to hit somebody you want them to react you want the audience to see them react and then you want to follow it up but you need beats in all those moments so there's all these little tricks and little nuances that I'm starting to figure out, but I'm still, like, 
you know, not lost anymore. I mean, depends on who you're working with. Right. But uh, it's a lot easier when you're in there with a veteran. I just got to wrestle Colt Cabana, and that was mm-hmm. an amazing experience. Yeah, um, yeah, and I was about to say, with your kind of current current wrestling thing, when you first kind of got into it, was... Did you find it, like, did you have anything you could pull back from, from that 2000s, from the movie and from kind of that run that you could, that you could kind of use when you first started training? Because watching some of those matches, like, you could always sell, even in those, like, in that cage match or whatever, you were taking some solid bumps with some pretty good selling. So were you, did you find that kind of come a little bit easier for you when you started training for real? A little bit. I mean, selling, uh, one of the things, I, I, I oversold a little, a few times, you know what I mean? Like, a mm-hmm. little too much, so I had to sort of balance that. <clears throat> one of the things about, like, uh, even as big as it is, everything's real, you know what I mean? And that's mm-hmm. a big learning curve that I had to uh, experience, and it's a lot more real than anyone would ever imagine. Like, uh, it gets real in there really quick and you know it's not uh you know there's real shots you know what i mean there's moments yeah. where you're like don't pass out you know what i mean uh you're like that i can I, where the hell am i right now you know there's moments like that that happen quite a bit if you take a hard shot mm-hmm. so um and then there's all these other things that that go on like is this person trying to kill me right now (laughs) 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 like there's moments like if you don't experience that a lot in life and you absolutely usually don't experience that on a set of a film or (laughs) on a play so you know the moments where you're like okay this person's actually trying to kill me that uh that's stuff like that happens in wrestling Mm -hmm. You have to be aware. You have to protect yourself. So as much as uh, some things are predetermined, a lot of it's uh, a lot more real than you might think. So as far as preparing myself for the first run, uh, more uh, more so preparing myself what not to do or what I needed to learn, what I was looking to sort of figure out, um, know there's all this etiquette involved i've always tried to be really respectful but you know sometimes i also have an ego and an attitude so if somebody you know feeling like they're trying to push you around or or i don't know sometimes you stand up for yourself even though you're in the wrong or or you're you know there's a lot of uh uh hierarchy and a lot of uh What's the word I'm looking for? A seniority going mm-hmm. on in wrestling. So you have to, you know, there's little, little subtle things that I've noticed. Like if somebody's calling a match and setting it up, if the vet is talking, you do not cut them off. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And if you do accidentally or you do, like, sometimes you get excited and say, oh, yeah, what if? And it's like, if you let someone finish what they're saying or. You know, there's all these other things that I've learned. I've learned, uh, you know, don't worry if if your back's out and it's completely, like, crippling pain because after this match, your neck's going to hurt so much worse. (laughs) (laughs) 
And you'll forget all about your back. <laughs> and it just, they literally, the, the injuries just kind of keep piling on top of each other. And then your body just becomes like, oh, I'm going through car wrecks every day. So I'm going to be prepared for car wrecks. Mm-hmm. You just have to like expect this kind of pain that you're going to get pretty much on a daily basis. Yeah, it's like nobody likes taking bumps like in uh, not first, like training. Mm-hmm. But you have to take bumps. You have to do your rolls, and you have to hit the ropes, and you have to do these things so that your body's like, oh, this is when we hit ropes. <laughs> because people <laughs> might think like those, those ropes are no joke. And, and there's also like a whole thing about running the ropes, like, you know, to run the ropes or whatever, but it's almost like a bit of a calling card. Like, I knew, you know, the way you hit the ropes are like, oh, he knows what he's doing. You have to, like, show people. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so kind of kind of with your current wrestling going on, I, I've noticed you're, you're on a little bit of a winning streak, it seems like. You had that uh, solid win against Josephus. You got to shave, shave everything off of... <laughs> off of him, and then you got to beat Colt Cabana uh, last oh, week. Man, that was just luck. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it really was. He, he, you know, we had known each other. He filled in for me a couple times uh, when I couldn't do events with the RJ City. Mm-hmm. But then my schedule opened back up, so then I could do the event. It's <laughs> <which was> already <laughs> booked. So then I'd pay for myself to get there, and I'd surprise the the audience. Uh, just to come out, because I did one thing I really don't want to do is let down the fans because they really are the greatest. Mm-hmm. So I come out and uh, so I did that a couple times, and I sort of acted like their manager, um, <laughs> which was really fun. But I got to see Colt, so I got to learn a lot of his technique, and you know, and I think he, not, I think he underestimated me. Let's just say, <laughs> really, uh, he really sort of, you know, Colt's an actor, amazing actor, mm-hmm. and but I'm an actor too, so I acted like, <laughs> you know, he didn't have anything to worry about, and lo and behold, I came out with the win. <laughs> hey, the Diamond Cutter's no joke. It's no joke, man. <laughs> it's no joke. I mean, my first match back, I did the Diamond Cutter too early. I've learned ah. that. You have to really break them down so, so that he comes at the right point in time. You know, you can't try to throw it, you know, if uh, all the pieces aren't in the right place. Oh, of course. And then with that match, I, I saw I saw the footage of your entrance from that, and it was absolutely phenomenal. And so is this is this a start of a new character for uh, David Arquette, the Candyman? Oh, uh, the Candyman. I think uh, <laughs> when appropriate, the Candyman will come out. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a good... I don't know. I come out to the song that's in Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> Who can make the sunrise? Sprinkle it with dew. So it does have a very like uplifting, oh, yeah. not very hardcore opening. <laughs> so it's, there's a very different tone. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it does create an atmosphere of love, and I. Even I have a nightclub in Los Angeles called Bootsy Bellows, and and I love to bring candy. Like I'll stop by a CVS or something and just stock up on bags of candy and then hand them out. And there's something about when you hand out candy, like people are like, "Wow, it's Halloween!" Like we're immediately happy. Like what is? 
this sugar's incredible. Like, you see the room after you pass out a bag of candy. You see a room like, hey, everybody gets all hopped up on sugar, and they're in a great mood, and it's like, it's hilarious. So that was sort of the, the germ of the idea to just come out and be able to give things to people, candy, and you know, it's just funny, too, to be wrestling, look over, and somebody's actually eating the lollipops. And, <laughs> and I'm a big Joey Ryan fan. I'm mm-hmm. not trying to steal his gimmick. It's more of an homage. Of course. Right. But well, and I, I told... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I wanted to... I should have... I, I had this prepared. I had a, a gummy hot dog I was going to hide in my shorts. <laughs> and then, and then uh, Colt being the sort of professional and, and quick-witted fellow that he is was like, do you have any candy for me? And I was like, ah! I should have, and it would have gone good with the tampon, like, time period, like, it would have been a perfect tie-in with the absurdity of it all. Oh, that would have been great. Well, I was telling Mark, this is perfect, because, you know, when when you inevitably turn heel, you can be the guy that gives out, like, apples and carrot sticks to kids on Halloween. <laughs> Oh Just yeah, turn on your razor candy blades. Completely. Completely. <laughs> God, that's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're dark. <laughs> well, you didn't have to put razor blades in. Well, like oh well, yeah, I go. But... I will. Uh, you know, no doubt. Take it to a bad place. Oh man. But uh, no, I'll just give them really bad candy. Like I'll the orange them, peanuts. Like, well, yeah, candy corn. And, <laughs> yeah. Circus peanuts and candy corn. That's what you're gonna yeah, start Ubers. Uh, <laughs> is that what they call? Ah, it's something like that. Oh That's man, that fantastic. is great. But so, since you've been back, what's kind of what's kind of your favorite thing that you've gotten to do since being back in wrestling? Hmm. Um. Dave again is a friend, so being able to work the NWA show was really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, despite being a complete ass, and I don't know if you're familiar with RJ City, but <laughs> that guy is just, my God, he's just so difficult as far as being, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff he says online, like, we're tag team partners, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to kill this guy. <laughs> it's just... You know, he cuts a promo before each match. It's like, you're the... He went pop, first, he apologizes to everyone in the audience. And then he says, you are the most talentless person I have ever met. He Jeez. says it right in my face. And That's I just terrible. I his nose off. Yeah. I mean, it, there's like... Because you could tell he's serious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we're not RJ City fans on this show. Good. Definitely. Not. I feel like I feel like that's part of the, part of that psychological warfare, though, because then your opponents are over there thinking, "Well, yeah, we got this sorted. You know, we can handle these guys. It's it's all part yeah. of playing the game. Yeah. You know, got to get in their heads." He, well, yeah. The problem is he's getting in my head too. <laughs> 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 part of the problem with me and wrestling, and this has gone back, and it's part of like you know, it's why I love playing the role of Gordy's. I'm one of the most gullible people you'll ever meet. <laughs> Somebody could say, like, I just, you know, climbed around Mount Rushmore. I was like, really? That's incredible. They're like, no, <laughs> I can't do that. I mean, I'd have to be a real climber. So, uh, yeah, so uh, for me to be, like, wrestling, I'm still, like, 
wow, um, I don't know, like, uh, you know, Johnny Impact, I guess that's his name, right, at the moment, mm-hmm. uh, really <laughs> hates uh, Sammy Callahan. I don't know. <laughs> or no, no, Sammy Callahan fought uh, uh, Willie Mack. I was like, oh, Willie okay. Mack and Sammy Callahan don't like each other. <laughs> I don't know if they do or not. Well, you're still trying to figure it out. You're still kind of an outsider to all this. Oh, I think I'll forever be an outsider. <laughs> and I'm more comfortable sitting in the, the audience. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for the day where I'm back in the seat. I mean, I'm, I'm frequently back in the seats. I still go watch mm-hmm. shows. And whenever you do watch a show, I mean, if you've been in the ring, whatever, you're always like, ah, let's give it one last shot. There is like a total... Um, um, I don't know, addictive quality to it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and especially being a performer, you want to be part of the show or entertain. I mean, uh, it's fun. It's fun to be a part of, but I do enjoy just, you know, the crowd participation part and just watching a match and screaming along, and, you know. Well, kind of, uh, kind of along that same line, I, I want to kind of talk about Ready to Rumble a little bit, and because um, we're 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 big fans of the show. Although I'm more of a fan of the movie than than Harris was, but um, I, I sort of got that. <laughs> you don't have to throw me under the bus like that, man. Look, I listen, Harris. It was quite obvious. It's fine. You know, it is like uh, you know, part of the appeal is that you get to see some of these legends, you know, on mm-hmm. the big screen. I mean, where are you going to see Macho Man in a film? I mean, I, I'm sure he did other films. He did a rap album. I know that much. <laughs> yeah. But like with that, because you were just talking about kind of the being in the crowd, because th- there's a difference with watching wrestling on TV and watching it there in person. You get a lot more invested when you're there and you throw a lot of other things out. And you just kind of live in that moment. And and it was so fun getting to watch in that movie because that's exactly the character that you're playing in there is just a character that's totally lost in this moment. And so even though it's like on this other level, it's still there's a level of realism to that, to being a wrestling fan and acting that way. Oh, yeah, totally. And, uh, you know, there are wrestling fans that are very much like, that you know, I I I I like to say thirty percent, mm-hmm. like our true like whatever you'll call Mark or whatever like hardcore believe it all mm-hmm. still real to me kind of situation, and I get that number from sort of Trump's base. <laughs> 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 like no matter what he says, they will believe him to mm-hmm. the end, and that's sort of the same algorithm I'm using. Mm-hmm. But how, how kind of did that come around? Because that was really your first foray in any type of wrestling thing. So how, how did you find out about the movie and then kind of about, like, the, the uh, did you have to audition for it, or how did that come about? No, it was after Scream, and, and um, so, you know, in Hollywood, like, you, can, you don't have to audition so much if you know, you're coming off a really successful film unless mm-hmm. it's something the director doesn't want you for or the studio doesn't want you for and you have to prove it to them and even then sometimes. It's a funny story. I was on vacation once with Brad Pitt and he's sitting there on the phone half of the half of the vacation and he's saying, just 
just let, have them have me come into the room. I'll, I'll read for them and I'll show this director that I can play this book. And I'm watching Brad Pitt try to sell himself at the height of his career <laughs> to someone, and I was like, "Oh my God! It never ends. It never, it never ever ends." So yeah, but sometimes when you're coming off a successful film, it's a lot easier to sort of pick and choose and. I was doing some stuff with Warner Brothers at the time, and they gave me a few scripts, and I read it, and I was like, I'd always been a wrestling fan. I loved wrestling from, uh, you know, way back. Uh, I saw Macho, I mean, yeah, I saw Macho Man. I fell in love with Miss Elizabeth. That was, like, pretty much my my gateway. <laughs> it was my gateway drug. And then... Uh, Macho Man, I always thought Macho Man didn't treat her right. He was very <laughs> sort of aggressive with her, made her stay in the corner and stuff like that. That's true. Like, come on, Macho Man. But, you would have uh, done way better. Yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> Lex Luger, I'm not I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. No, I'm sorry, that's a very deep wound. Mm. Uh, I'm sorry, I apologize. <laughs> Lex Luger's also a very nice man. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'll always go for a quick, easy joke at the time. <laughs> I hope no one takes offense. Um, oh, no, that we're all about that. Oh, okay, good. Well, um, yeah, so I saw Andre the Giant was also, like, big, like, wow. I couldn't believe him. I went to see him live with Hulk Hogan during that whole time and ran up and touched his greasy, pimply back, hairy back, <laughs> and was like, this is amazing. And... um so that was hooked like then, and it was Junkyard Dog, and, you know, uh, Million Dollar Man, and all these, all this old school thing. And then my dad got a, he was the voice of Jimmy Superfly Snooker on the, on the uh, Hollywood, uh, Hulk Hogan co- cartoon. Oh, really? Yeah. So That's awesome. that, like, got me more into it. I was like, my dad's the coolest. He's the voice of one <laughs> of my favorite wrestlers, Jimmy Snuka. So, and it was the total bad accent. <laughs> completely, <laughs> like, in this day and age would be complete, like, uh, racism and, you know, all of that. Mm-hmm. But at that time, it was, like, normal. <laughs> um They'd have just their guys come in, like, hey, try a Samoan accent. Like, hey, brother, oh, you got it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Man. Um, so, so I loved it. And uh, I loved, and then I sort of got into graffiti and breakdancing and all this stuff, but kind of stopped watching wrestling. And then when this came up, uh, I read like a bunch of these people that I was fans of as a kid. And, and, and thought the script was funny, uh, even though Harris didn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I was like, well, uh, this would be incredible to be able to play this. And I knew Scott Kahn from growing up mm-hmm. during a graffiti battle one time. A friend held a gun to his head. Jeez. Yeah, that happened. And then, okay. Uh, I was a big fan of... Uh, I have yeah, a lot of questions about the graffiti very, yeah. It was now. very wrestly, like... Very wrestling world, kind of like backstage, like macho. We had a friend who had gone to jail who used to be in our crew, and mm-hmm. then Scott's crew was saying that they were KGB, but we were KGB, and they were killer green buds, and we were kids gone bad. We we're like, you little punks cannot take our name. 
And then our friend who just got out of jail, who was now in gangs rather than graffiti, came up with a gun, and he was like, stay here in KGB now. And he, the funny little, to make a a crazy twist to it, the kid he held the gun to his head was the kid Seth, who's shifty from that, uh, you're my butterfly, sugar, baby, come my baby, come, come my lady, you know that song? Yes, yeah, 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 really. The singer of that, Shifty, was Jeez. his name was Seth, and he was the kid who was talking a lot of trash. And then our homeboy uh, Deffer came up and held a gun to his head. My and then gosh. we were all like, "It's not that important." This is- <laughs> right? <laughs> Stop! This was please put it away. We were like totally pushed out at that point. We were like, "No, well, yeah, I'm scared." That's like real at that point. Jeez. That was very real. <laughs> that oh man. I know. Oh. We went off track there. It took but, a dark oh, turn. I was just to say that I knew Scott Conn mm-hmm. way back. And then we'd all stayed sort of in touch and friends ever since. And then um and then I was a big fan of Oliver Platt. So then I started getting back into like wrestling and watching WCW a lot at that point. And it was really a hot time. Like, mm-hmm. And I'd watched a little, like, here and there. And then, yeah, so that's why I wanted to do it. Oh, man. But, well, I, I, I think uh, one of the things a lot of people have issues with kind of the movie is, like, because it, it, it seems to be portraying wrestling fans as all kind of dumb and, like, kind of generalizing. And I know a lot of people kind of have that problem with it. And I know... I know Tony Schiavone has talked about that he disagreed a lot with the director, Brian Robbins, kind of on the portrayal of wrestling fans. Did did any of that bother you? Did you ever, like, say anything, or did anything, you know, kind of sit not sit well with you when you were shooting the movie? Well, you know, shortly after that, you had the wrestler come out. Right. You know, and that's like a real portrayal. I mean, this is like a, you know... This is, they didn't. Our characters didn't represent all wrestling. Right. It represented the this type of wrestling fan who's completely. <laughs> they're also like, in general, like just complete, like kind of. You know, they're just total marks, and in a funny way, like. You know, they're not the smartest <laughs> tools in the sh- sharpest tools in the shed. Smartest tools in the shed. <laughs> so I was perfect for the realm. <laughs> yeah. You know, they drove a, a doo-doo truck around. I mean, <laughs> you know, the whole thing was just complete absurdity. I mean, that's... Oh, yeah. And, right. you know, the funny thing is, like, the kids that liked it were younger. And mm-hmm. they're like, ah, this is hilarious. Because right. they're not taking it personally, like right. we're right. saying that right. Tony Chabani or any kind of fan of wrestling is a, you know. Well, and I, like if I can that. redeem myself in your eyes a little bit, <laughs> I know you mentioned, you know, in our review of that, we talked about this, and you know how my favorite part is that you watch it, and I mean, yeah, it's very easy, like twenty years on, to be like, oh well, this is just not realistic, and wrestling fans are much more sophisticated, but then the. We're not. That's why it's so funny because you see a shot of you know of Gordy in the crowd with a sign that says Gordy. Which, by the way, I don't know. I I assume that wasn't your idea, but that was absolutely brilliant, and I loved that. That was. But also, uh, I went back and after I won the belt, I I wrote a sign that said 
former champion. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I I love but that that's so much. The, that's when it gets really good. That's when yeah. it gets like, you know, when you get both sides of it. But then you're also like, oh, really upset about stuff. Like, how could right. they do that? Right. Like, I hope but Cena's I've, not coming back just for That's publicity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I really hope he's, like, giving it, like, like to a certain extent, like, who cares? But uh, wrestling fans care. And, you know, you want to, um, you don't want to, like... I don't know. Be disrespectful. I guess. I guess that's what it came down to. There was an element of disrespect. But could you imagine if the, we did that movie the way that movie's written and that movie looks and was conceived? Like seriously? Like <laughs> I mean, it could. I mean, it could be very funny, but it would just be subtler. It's like. Yeah. Right. It's almost like Vice, if you've seen Vice, it's an amazing movie, mm-hmm. really out there. It's The tone is really like, like you almost have to watch it twice mm-hmm. to get like, wait, the movie just ended? And, oh, it's still going. Like, uh, what's going on in this film? <laughs> you know, and, and then you go like, oh, this is like, it's a trip what he's doing. Like, he's you know, telling a different story, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know what my point is. <laughs> <laughs> well, but also, like, that was the way, like, that was a really common genre of films right there, like, right at that 2000 part. Yeah. I mean, those type of comedies were all over the place. Yeah, and I mean, they're still doing stuff like that. <laughs> I think in the terms of silly, like, kind of crude and funny comedies, it still kind of lives up. I mean, oh, yeah. some of the stuff that's going on now, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of some of these movies where mm-hmm. it's like they get a concept and then they get an actor and they put them together and then they try to find a few funny set pieces and then you got a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, at least you get to see Macho Man <laughs> right up the opening. <laughs> yeah, you get to see a bunch of people in there, including John Cena in that uh, that workout scene. That's right. Which I I find absolutely hilarious that John Cena isn't ready to rumble. I know, me too. That's you, where he got his Hollywood career. That's where it all started. <laughs> man. So you're partially like responsible for John Cena's big acting career. Oh no, no, you can't see it say that oh man well well, we the other thing we were talking about with this movie is you know there were other i think by by the way just as a side note i think he's doing a great job uh, Mm -hmm. in the he thinks he's hilarious (laughs) but you don't see me throwing some big fit that what's this wrestler doing in hollywood (laughs) 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 you're so right i don't know where that comes from it's just because wrestling what, fans are insecure. That's why. I don't know <laughs> what it is. is. But uh, I'm somebody was you. attacking me, and they're like, "How would you like it if I came there and came out to Hollywood and got into the movies?" Like, come, come on out! Yeah, come Everyone on! Everyone does that. <laughs> you don't have to be a wrestler. Your business, you're gonna get dumped on for the next. 30 years, but have at it. 
such a great point. Oh man. Well, just just a couple a couple more things that 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 I I got to ask you about. One thing this whole started our our fascination with you and your wrestling career really kind of started with our third episode where where I talked about your title run and in the process of that episode you can kind of feel us going from this is a ridiculous thing that happened to us really in figuring out that we really do enjoy it and and find it find it really funny and and interesting especially looking back on it but but what solidified it was the next week Harris because we we alternate topics, who picks the topic, and we don't tell each other what it's going to be till we record. And Harris picked the Judy Bagwell on a forklift match the next week. And so as he's watching it, all of a sudden he gets surprised David Arquette in the middle of the match, and that did it. That did it for us. We were like, this is perfect because that is one of the greatest cameos that nobody saw coming. And how did that come about? Oh. Well, and the, you'll, be, you'll be surprised to to uh, hear that while I while I did this second run, I um I was like looking up what are the worst things because I'm one of like the worst things that's <laughs> ever happened in wrestling. <laughs> so I'm going down the line of all these, and I've heard about these the Memphis, I mean the uh, Montreal screw job and all this stuff, and I'm making sure I knew like what everyone was talking about. And, and then I was like, oh, yeah, what does this Judy Bagwell thing? And I put it on, and I see myself come out, and I had forgotten I was a part of this fiasco. I had the exact same reaction you did. And, and literally, I was like, whoa, what's going on? I told, So I'm part of two of the worst things that ever happened. So oh, apparently, amazing. so you don't remember uh, anything that went into that? No, I, I had I have no recollection <laughs> of ever being That's a part amazing. of that. Either I blocked it out completely oh, out of sheer but shame, the, or awesome. I don't know. But uh, it had to be because of Chris Canyon, because mm-hmm. I was big Chris Canyon Mark, and he was really super helpful. Mm-hmm. He was probably the most helpful in. Uh, the wrestling training and helping me sort of, oh, mm-hmm. something just flashed in my head for some reason. But it's Stacy Keebler. During this whole res- wrestling run, Stacy Keebler walking on a treadmill and uh, Jimmy Hart right at the base of it saying, so this is what you got to do. You got to do this every day. Now, you don't want to get fat. You want to be on top. You want to get your, your, your breath. You don't want to blow up in the ring. So you got to <laughs> giving him a uh, and I was in awe because one thing, Jimmy Hart was one of the coolest people when I met him. Mm-hmm. He also did tons of the music, which mm-hmm. uh, oh, I don't yeah. know if people knew it was much. But uh, and then uh, seeing him sort of shepherd her and and uh, give her a pep talk on this treadmill was one of the great moments. <laughs> I know I segued there, but <laughs> well, that's amazing. Oh, that that is so good. And then um, also real quickly, so. You've been, you've wrestled for the WWE before. I think a lot of people forget about this, but yeah, um, that was a that was a <laughs> terrible situation. I mean, it was an amazing opportunity. Mm-hmm. Scream Four was coming out. I believe this was like 2010 around yeah. that time. I had recently gone through a divorce or was going through a divorce. Mm-hmm. Scream Four, uh, I got separated during that, so it was like. Mm-hmm. Now the movie's coming out a few months later. And 
I had called them up to say, like, can I promote my movie? And I love wrestling, so mm-hmm. they were they're like, sure. Uh, Triple H helped a lot with that, and um, and so I was doing a, my first nightclub at the time called Beecher's Madhouse, and in Beecher's Madhouse we had a little person that was on a wire that would be. You know, you'd order a bottle of champagne, and a little person on a wire would come swinging out and then drop down in front of your table with the bottle of champagne. So we had this whole circus environment, mm-hmm. complete madness. And That's so awesome. he was traveling with me, this guy named Wee Matt, and, uh, <laughs> and, and my friend, who was also a wrestling fan, who worked at the club. So we were all going there. It was in New Orleans. And so when I was go- went there, I I just got wasted the night before. So mm-hmm. I came all hungover and, like, it just wasn't my best look. I'd lost mm-hmm. my voice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, like, stood, was playing the heel role. And uh, I don't know. I think they got upset with me because they absolutely okay. want nothing to do with me at this point. Ah, uh. Okay. All right. Um, what were your thoughts on it? But any. Well, I mean, I I enjoyed it because I loved you playing the heel character, kind of that you had left with at WCW, and it's the perfect heel. It's the perfect role, I think, for you in wrestling is that heel character of look, you know, the undeserving, just playing up the undeserving actor part. And I th- I thought it went over pretty well, and that could be a good character potentially. Yeah. So I definitely well, did enjoy it. And well, I think my it, only I problem think it, is I hate heels. I'm like such a mark <laughs> where I'm like, they're such jerks. I think like because I met I met Rowdy Roddy Piper before he passed, and mm-hmm. that was a few a couple times. And it's awesome. That was like one that he was one of the greatest. I hated him so viciously as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like I can't believe this guy. And uh, and then meeting him, I was like, you are one of the nicest people I've ever met ever. So. That was so. The heels don't have to be really mean, but mm-hmm. some of them are. <laughs> it's <gets> confusing. <laughs> that, that is very true. Well, I think for you though, that can work. Just feeding off the fact that you're quote unquote undeserving actor and all that stuff. I think it works the other direction too. Like watching the matches that you're doing now and the storyline. Like you know the the stuff you're doing in your tag team and everything too. The storyline is well this guy shouldn't be here because it's just an act, you know, he's just an actor and he doesn't care about this business. And then the flip side, there's you saying, you know, over and over again, I do care about this business and I'm here to prove that. And that's, that's what's most important to me right now. And I will, you know, I'll get my throat slit in this ring if that's what it takes to earn your respect. (laughs) That's a great Mm -hmm. baby face character. And like, I wasn't even aware until Mark told me that you made an appearance in the WWE because I didn't start watching wrestling until I was a freshman in college. So, like, 2014. Wait a second. Stop the <laughs> clock. Yeah. Whoa. We're going to yeah. need some therapy. Yeah, it's a you whole thing. You missed out so. on, like, the whole he beginning missed a lot. part. Yeah, oh, yeah. man. Yeah. I've been yeah, having to get no, Harris so back up to date with stuff. Wow. That's wild. Yeah. And it's it's been fun doing this podcast because a lot of the topics that we do people either watched you know when they were younger or have grown up hearing about right and it's all pretty new for me like i'm I'm pretty caught up at this point because that was probably four or five years ago now right 
but I didn't, you know, whenever I tell people I'm into wrestling and they say, oh, yeah, I remember when I watched that as a kid. And I'm always like, yeah, I didn't. <laughs> like, right. at all. That's amazing. That's an yeah, interesting so like, way yeah. of doing it. But, but also, so, there's so much to catch up on. There I mean, really is. change every but... five minutes. And then there's also, like, now there's so many, there's always been, but there are tons of different leagues and, like, little stories. and mm-hmm. Right. Oh, man, and now they're, they're talking backstage stuff and, like, I mean, WWE content alone on that show is, like, crazy. Yeah, it's too much content sometimes, but <laughs> I, I've always been drawn to, you know, that's what makes wrestling so interesting is that distinction between how they integrate real life and the storyline, and I had never... I'd never thought about that. Like, I knew what pro wrestling was, but literally it was like I, I started tuning in like January, February of 2014, and Daniel Bryan is on television saying, I know you don't think I can be champion because I'm small and scruffy looking and I'm a vegan, but I can be, and I'm going to prove it. And that was, and just realizing, wait, that that's his real life like struggle, and he has this chip on his shoulder, and they're able right. to roll that into the storyline. And I love seeing that happen over and over again and it's what really cool think to see about like, him now and like being like you consuming you know all this. yeah i i absolutely love this character because it's a perfect heel i mean it's like what cm punk did back in 2011 it, it or, or even before that actually like 2010 with that straight edge character because it's something that is quote-unquote real and it actually like offend like people don't like when people do that, because these are certain things that do rub people the wrong way. So I think right. it's the perfect heel thing because it's real. That's right. And right. I think I just think your story works so well for that in either direction. You know, so if you decide that we're not worth it anymore and you turn your back on all the fans, well, like, you can still fuel that character based on your real life experiences, you know, and yeah. Just make that. You guys are trying to get me to turn heel. Is that what the front gathering? Yeah, this whole this whole podcast is in a front to turn heel. Well, it's a swerve. I'll have to consider it. Definitely a swerve. I didn't see that coming. (laughs) All right, so uh, we're 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 gonna wrap it up here, and just the last last couple of things. Where, what is your ultimate goal, kind of, with wrestling? Like, like, where does it lead? Because I know you started with, you know, trying to get away from this perception that fans had had of you and your run. So what's kind of the goal now? You know, I still think there's some old-timers that haven't really accepted me, so that would be nice. To, mm-hmm. I mean, not the legends, but uh, more like some that probably will never, because mm-hmm. that's just not their nature. But, um... I don't know. I don't know what the goal is. I mean, just to be involved, part of wrestling. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just to sort of put a, uh, I don't know, put a end on 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 the whole thing. Yeah, no, that definitely that definitely makes sense. And it just seems like something you're enjoying and are just kind of enjoying the ride right now. Yeah, totally. But being a manager might be fun. Oh, that just you might be onto something there. Yeah, it would just be fun, like, just flavor. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then is there, I know you're, you've, when you started this, you started shooting a documentary. You started kind of documenting your, your, your wrestling journey. So what's yes. kind of the status with that? Uh, yeah, we're, uh, I have like two or three more matches I have to do. Okay. Just to wrap it up. 
Yeah, well, that I'm I'm definitely looking forward to that. I think that's gonna be that's gonna be really fun, really fun to watch for sure. Just kind of this this journey. And then, is there anything else that you want to kind of uh, plug or promote? What What do you have coming up? Anybody um, wrestling wise? I don't know. I'm talking about doing something maybe with Northeast uh, Wrestling, which I I appreciate their their brand over there, and I owe them a trip. So. I owe Buffalo a trip. I owe Greek Town a trip. So, hopefully, I'd love to get down to the South too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, that'd yeah, be awesome. Definitely. I'd love to come see you if you can make it to Atlanta. I know you're not really from around here, but oh no! One of my things is I want to. Atlanta's like a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I I, uh, I have a friend who just opened a nightclub there, and I helped him with the design of it a lot. And I want him to get to do some wrestling shows there. So. That, would be that awesome. could be it. Do a do a bar with some wrestling. Oh, that would be so cool. Yeah, in LA, not bar wrestling. You know, I wouldn't want mm-hmm. to step on Joey Ryan's feet, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, if you ever come out to, because uh, I moved out to South Dakota now for work, and so if you're ever out in the uh, Dakota area, <laughs> I'll definitely be, uh, be be coming be coming to see you. That is for sure. But there's not a whole lot out here, unfortunately. No, but there's wrestling, isn't there? There, I know that uh, uh, Eugene, the character, the WWE character Eugene, he has his own promotion in, in Sioux Falls, which is in oh South my. Dakota. And then I know that there's, I know there's stuff in North Dakota, like the Fargo area. I know has, I think, some stuff, but uh, nice. but it's definitely few and far between, um, for sure out here. It's definitely a change. But anyway, um, David, I just really, really appreciate you coming on the show and spending spending the time with us. And we are, we are huge fans of yours. We have your your. Uh, your likeness on our logo, on 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 the belt. So <laughs> you're crazy. Thank you, though. I appreciate it. I'm I'm honored. Oh man. So yeah, we, I know Mark. Mark gave that beautiful introduction at the beginning, which I don't know if you wrote that down or what. That's the best <laughs> thing you've said on a year of this podcast. But I just wanted to add that too. That I think the reason you kind of became the patron saint of this show, as someone who is still learning a lot about wrestling I, I knew your story kind of in passing is like here's a really crazy thing that happened and it was really dumb and it sucked and it wasn't really his fault but it's it, just all the kind of general negative n- negativity I guess that you've gotten over the last 18 years and going further into that story and like watching your matches in the course of this show and getting like surprise appearances and stuff like the Judy Bagwell on a forklift match but it, it kind of evolved not for, like from this, you know, dumb, stupid thing that happened to this. No, this is really fun. This is a guy who cares a lot about wrestling and about storytelling. And he's doing something he's passionate about and really connecting with other people, even 20 years later. And I just feel like that's kind of been my experience with pro wrestling in a nutshell. Like a lot of people want to write it off, but there's so much heart to it and the people yeah. behind it and, and the storytelling involved. And yeah. You do just encapsulate that. So I, oh, I, awesome. I, I hope Thank you, didn't you so much. That is exactly what I fell back in love with. Yeah. Is that exactly. how much I've learned so much in this run, like little nuances of it that have just like opened my eyes to like, wow. Right. This is really an art form in a, in, in, <laughs> in a crazy way. <laughs> Well, again, David, thank you so much for uh, for being on the show and, and taking the time. And you are welcome back anytime, sir. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Harris. I will uh, I will call. Let's do this again soon. And uh, 
Yeah, definitely. I got to get your information, so I'll send you a little gift packet. Oh, well, we would really, really appreciate that. All right. For sure. All right. All right. Th- thanks so much, David, and uh, good luck on your wrestling career. Thanks, guys. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the one, the only, our patron saint, David Arquette, and probably probably the pinnacle of the show. I'm trying to think of where we can go up from here. we got a high bar. Oh, we'll just get him on again, and just keep, <laughs> that'll be the bar that we keep trying to top. I don't know. I mean, that's fine with me. I mean, if we had like a reoccurring monthly thing, what's up, what's up with David Arquette? I mean, oh, man. we could no, have like an but, actual segment instead of like with him instead of just us talking about him. But um, uh, that would I don't be... know if he wants to talk to us that much. Oh, I but... doubt it. No, definitely not. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we definitely appreciate David Arquette coming on the show because we are probably I, I meant to mention this to him actually on the show and I forgot. We are probably we have to be his biggest fans that aren't like directly related to him. Like we have I would to be. I think so. Maybe this will be the beginning of, you know, like a new wave around the internet. I feel like there's a lot of fans that sort of know that he's back in wrestling and sort of like him if they've seen one of his matches. But I can't think of two other people who would legitimately mark out for David Arquette like we just did for an entire hour there and absolutely will whenever we get the chance to see him wrestle live. Yeah, I know, which, man, I would I would I definitely look forward to that when hopefully when that happens at some point, if he comes anywhere within this area, man, which there's nothing up here. So yeah, good luck with that. We'll see. But, um, yeah, that was, that was awesome. I mean, that was, that was even better than I hoped to be honest. Like it, it exceeded my expectations and I I thought it was going to be good. I mean, cause he's, I've listened to his interview. He's a good interview. He's, he's fun to talk to seemingly, but it was even, it was even better than I thought. That was great. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. You could tell he really enjoys being able to, talk to people who appreciate what he does for wrestling. Cause the sense you get is over the last 20 years, there's been a lot of negative vibes in his way. And that's a shame because he's really passionate about it. It's also him. a shame that Harris had to add to some of those negative vibes with his, yeah, his thoughts of ready to rumble. <laughs> See, yeah, Harris didn't realize he'd, he listened to our, our show on ready to rumble from, from a few weeks ago. <laughs> Yeah, so, so he busted you, Harris's balls. It was you great. You definitely need to go check that out if you haven't already, because it's it's Mark has sat me down and showed me this wrestling movie that David Arquette starred in. And that was Mark the start. Gushing. What I said that was the start. Like that was the right. that was the David Arquette start. Right, right. And and Mark is gushing about how much he loves this movie. I do. And I'm sitting here like an idiot. Twenty years later, I'm like, well, you know, it's just really not that sophisticated. <laughs> And he listened to that before he came on the show. So he's just like, yeah, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. Um, so I was on the back foot the whole second half of this. But it's fine. It's fine. I think he knows that I'd appreciate him. I hope so. <laughs> if David, if you're still listening, I appreciate you. We do. We, we definitely appreciate you. <laughs> anyway. Oh, man. So, uh, yeah, to fo- you can follow David Arquette on Twitter at David Arquette. Just to help plug him there. Not that he needs it more than we do because he doesn't. <laughs> but um, he's got a bigger fan base than we do, that's for sure. But um, uh, just definitely go and do that. It's a, it's a solid follow. His career is so much fun being able to follow. I, I, I'm waiting for him to do more stuff that's like going to be aired, like on actual things, so that you know we can actually, so that I can actually watch more live. Um, right. Instead of having to kind of retroactively find stuff. But either way, it's fun to follow and fun to watch for sure. So if you uh, if you're brand new to the show and are coming on because we talked to David Arquette. We want to thank you for listening. Thanks for joining us. And this is this is kind of our show. It's us picking a crazy wrestling topic, 
each week, me either me or Harris, and then then uh, telling you guys all about it. So that's that's the way the show kind of is structured. And so you might find out some things about wrestling that you didn't know before, or and then you might also just hear people talk about certain things that nobody else has ever talked about before. Yeah, yeah. So if you are new, definitely go back and listen, especially to those episodes we reference. I think it's episodes three and four, it right? Is. Yep, episodes three and four, 10 Pounds of Arquette, which is where we talk about David Arquette's run. You can hear us go from this is really dumb to this is actually awesome in the midst of the show. And then uh, the Judy Bagwell and a forklift match is episode four, which is still the greatest single, like, moment that has happened on the show <laughs> in terms of just pure David joy in storytelling yeah absolutely and also the fact that he had the exact same moment as you did with yeah, himself that's, that's incredible it's like and it the makes greatest me so happy thing ever surprise david arquette is one of the best things in the world it's the greatest thing ever he also gets to experience it and i got to experience it on a smaller scale when i watched bone tomahawk and then all of a sudden <laughs> he's in the first scene of the movie and i was like what David Arquette's in the movie. I didn't know. And so I got that, but not nearly at the level that you did, which I'm still jealous of. Yeah. um, And and at this point, I will never, ever get that. I've come. You know what? The only way I could get unexpected David Arquette at that level is if like I was in Walmart up here and like ran into him. That that's like the only way it could be. Guess what, Mark? You're going to get it when he comes out in the Royal Rumble in two weeks. To be honest, that is that would be amazing, and I'm, I kind of <laughs> wish we had asked him about that, but uh, then I didn't want to. Um, but because uh, we had already, we were running out of time, and then we needed to wrap stuff up. It's, but, a, um, it's a slow burn. It's a it slow is. Burn, it is. You know, he wouldn't have spoiled it. No, 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 no. He's way too, way too professional for that. Um, but anyway, yeah. So that was that was by far the best show we've ever done, and probably the best show. I, I honestly, I honestly cannot think of how we could top this. So we'll have to. We got to work hard from now on. But um, again, thank you guys so much for listening to this. And if you want to support the show, follow us on Twitter at behind underscore gorilla for all the show links, all the updates, all of our thoughts on wrestling. It's mostly my thoughts. I usually I'm I'm on that more than Harris is. But um, every now and then Harris chimes in as well. So definitely follow us on there. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Marky Mark Brand. And I'm at Harris Wilson, and I get a lot more wrestling tweets on my personal Twitter. But, yeah. Yeah, so um, definitely do that. And um, then if you're so inclined, I have another podcast called The Uncaped Crusaders Review, where me and my friend Ian go through and watch every single Batman movie ever. So if you are so inclined, go ahead and check that out as well on Twitter, at Uncaped Review. Um, We have just finished doing the very weird anime-based Batman film called Batman Gotham Knight from 2008 that came out kind of on the back end of the Dark Knight movie, and it's very strange and weird. So if you want to hear our reactions to that, then that is out right now. You can find that on all the same podcast platforms as this one, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, everywhere. So, uh, yeah, again, that will that will do it for the show, our, our greatest show ever. We got to have David Arquette on this show. Um, so yeah, anything you want to throw in at the last second, Harris? I think you pretty much nailed it. Um, again, if this is the first time you tuned in, just to check out a little more from David Arquette, thank you. Check out our back catalog. If there's any other episodes that interest you, let us know. If there's something you'd want us to cover that we haven't gotten to yet, reach out to us and let us know. Because like Mark said, we, we kind of never thought we'd get this far. No, we did not. We would love to hear from you if you have any comments, suggestions for episodes, just tell us you you know other episodes that you've enjoyed leave us a rating um 
The yeah. only thing we ask leave us a rating on iTunes. Leave us a rating. If you're new here, uh, just go ahead and keep it wrestling themed. So if you think that we just knocked this out of the park, it's the best podcast of all time. Five stars. It, it's the John Cena versus CM Punk at Money in the Bank of podcasts. You know, just keep it uh, keep it related. If you think it was terrible and we're a one star podcast and we should shut down forever, that's fine. But just try to compare it to a match, too. We, we want to continue the conversation that's all we want. about wrestling, even if that's just you leaving us a review. I just think it's a fun way to get our feedback. So yeah, that's exactly. all I got. Let us know what you think. Reach yep. out if you liked it, if you hated it. We have pretty thick skin, we just do. like David Arquette. We, we can do. take it. Yeah, we're fine. So um, yeah, go ahead and do that. Again, thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, we'll be back next week with a brand new episode of Behind the Gorilla. Again, I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. Have a great week.